Financial crime and IT are two things we don't usually connect together. Typically, financial crime is something I'd happily discuss with the CFO and finance team. But given the amount of technology used at businesses today and the technologies available to the finance team to fight financial crime, perhaps today is a good day to discuss financial crime from the perspective of the CIO. With us today is Deb Diman, Managing Director of Asia Pacific for GBJ. Deb, welcome to Podchats for Future CIO. Hi, Alan. Great to be here. Let's start it off with an, the obvious question. In 30 seconds, what is GBG? Uh, it's a challenge to do that in 30 seconds because we're obviously quite broad and diverse, but I'll do my best. We are a, a provider of fraud and compliance services, a provider of identity verification and validation services, and a provider of location intelligence services. Financial Crime 4.0, what is it? And what makes it stand out? Yeah, it's a great question. And financial crimes 4.0 is a term that we coined at GBG. And if I just give some context to, to what it means and then maybe take your question around uh, comparability. So if you think back, the world has obviously evolved in a, at a very, very fast pace. Nowhere more so actually than the markets in which you and I sit in Singapore and Hong Kong. If we think back to what financial crime 1.0 was during the age of manufacturing, it was a very simplistic type of fraud, you know, loan defaulting, sale of unauthorized goods. We then fast track forwards to 4.0 and we've passed the age of computerization and automation. We've passed through the age of globalization and the internet. And we're now well and truly into the, the age of the connected world, which is what we refer to as 4.0. What we now see in the, the world of financial crime is very complex financial crime patterns emerging, highly sophisticated organized crime rings, social engineering, targeting vulnerable and innocent individuals, the rise of the broad crime rings who are hugely valuable uh, in their own rights in terms of, you know, their quote unquote revenues and profits that they generate. Uh, and we've also seen a big disruption in the, the banking and uh, consumer lending space, which also I think has exacerbated some of those trends. So I personally would say based on what I see in my, my job and that the clients that I talk to is it, it is a completely new phase and, and the differentiation between three and four probably just doesn't do it justice because it almost isn't sequential. It's a big step forward versus what we were seeing, you know, five-ish years ago. Why should the CIO care about financial crime other than it involves money? Well, it involves much more than cold hard cash, actually. And the role of a CIO is obviously to protect the interests of his, his or her company and the shareholders who are invested in that company. And being exposed to financial crime has a huge impact on the credibility of the organization that the CIO works for. Consumers are increasingly paranoid about their security and privacy, and many organizations get one chance to lose that customer trust. Um, so I would actually say rather than losing money, the biggest risk of being defrauded and not focusing on financial crime is losing your customer's trust, which is then very, very hard to win back. In terms of the systems and processes that, that IT oversees, how does financial crime impact the way the IT organization operates? So, so in my experience of operating in Southeast Asia for the past um, five years, what I have seen is a huge rise in the prominence of the IT function in many of our clients. Uh, gone are the days where IT was simply there to provide laptops to, to employees or to, or to look after firewalls and, and servers. IT is really now in the driving seat as to the direction in which a company travels in. In many organizations, IT is also very much responsible for the data that sits within the organization. And that data really should be being used to drive 
better decisions. So that data needs to be freed up from any internal silos. That data needs to be uh, consumed in a way that's uh, enriching to the decisions that the organization makes. And IT really sits across all of that and is, and is hugely responsible for driving that agenda forwards. When we then think about the world of financial crime, obviously getting access to more data makes a decision richer and more accurate. And so therefore, simply put, what IT has a, a role to do is to make sure that the, the decisions that are be taken around fraud get better and better and better by having access to systems, of course, but also access to the data that sits within organizations and, and outside of organizations that needs to be digested. Now, in the case of GBG, how do you integrate the services, the solutions you offer with, say, a, an organization with its existing IT and financial crime systems and controls? Yeah, it's, a, it's a, a really good question, Alan, and something we've spent a lot of time thinking about recently. And actually, we've, we've just launched what we call our intelligence center. To be very simple, the intelligence center is an orchestration layer that sits across our, our fraud detection platform, our risk management platforms, and enables organizations such as banks or consumer lenders to plug in different microservices to their decision process. So it could be that a bank would like to integrate its own data. That's an obvious place to start. And we can do that very quickly and seamlessly. It might also be that a bank wants to integrate other fraud services or identity services it already has it working within it. And we can again do that quite seamlessly and quickly. And if the bank needs more advice or more help, what's good is our intelligence center actually comes with nine inbuilt capabilities that can help our clients detect and prevent fraud more quickly from the get-go once they implement our solutions. We're talking about plugging into a, an existing system to another system. Does this integration introduce any significant latency as part of the, no, it, it is a normal process. You're, you're having other systems check and validate processes. So does it include latency? No, and all of this is done in milliseconds. So it's, a, it's another good challenge. Um, the way we've designed the orchestration is to, to deliver results quick because obviously we, we our clients have high expectations of us and, and it's on us to deliver those. What have we learned in 2020 as regards to financial crime mitigation and what should organizations do in 2021? So I think as an organization at GBG, what we've learned from talking to our clients is where clients have invested and taken seriously that the risk of financial crime, they're seeing really strong returns on that investment. So many of our clients tell us that we are helping them deliver multiple time returns on the investment uh, that they made with us. I think more broadly as a, as a society almost, what we've learned during 2020 is during tough times, and obviously it's been a tough 12 months for the global economy, we see more and more risk of fraud coming through the system, which is really unfortunate because this is the time when, you know, as a society, we should be collaborating and, and, and showing solidarity. We've seen also that as a result of the pandemic, more and more organizations, so, you know, I think around 70 plus percent of the people we speak to say that COVID has really driven an acceleration in their digital transformations. But along with digital transformations, again, comes a, a rising risk of financial crime. So as more of these processes that were traditionally manual move online, it opens opens a little chink in the armor for potential fraudsters to take advantage of. Finally, what is your advice to CIOs to better strengthen the company's, again, systems and processes against financial crime in 2021 and beyond, I guess? Look, I think my advice to CIOs be that, that financial crime is not going anywhere. It's a multi-trillion dollar industry and it is becoming more and more sophisticated and the fraudsters move at pace. So just when we think the nadir of defrauding companies is a bot 
it's you know making you know putting through applications at a rate of knots and as a fraud protection company we pick that up and we solve for it just at that minute the fraudster evolves and maybe starts to build human farms so that's real life people doing the, the applications instead of a you know a bot or a computer so things like that really are serve as a warning that we can never rest easy we need to continue the pace at which we try and protect our customers this is a major issue for all customers all the people in the industry because as i said once your consumers experience a bad uh, experience with you in this day and age where consumer expectations are sky high it's very very hard to win back that trust deb thank you very much for joining me on podcast for future cio it was a pleasure alan great to meet you and thanks to all your listeners That was Deb Diman, Managing Director of Asia Pacific for GBG, on the topic of the role of the CIO and the IT function in the fight against financial crime. You are listening in to Podgets for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We invite you to sign up for our free newsletters so you won't miss an episode of Podgets for Future CIO. Stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podcast for Future CIO. Bye for now.